Attention parents and coaches. Do you wish you had a safe social media platform for your youth athletes? Fortunately for you, there's a revolutionary new app that helps with just that. Introducing Small Player Big Play. Small Player Big Play app provides young athletes, parents, and coaches a user-friendly sports social media platform. The app allows users to connect with friends, make new friends, create groups, text, chat, and post pictures and videos of you and your teammates participating in your favorite sport or activity. To begin, users can simply download and sign up for the app using an email account. Younger users have the ability to sign up using their smartphone and a parent's email address. From there, users can begin to interact and engage with other users of the app. Small Player Big Play app also gives users the ability to live stream full games and events. You can live stream your event so that friends, family, or anyone in the world can see you in action. Users can also share posts from the app to their other social media accounts like Facebook and Twitter. What are you waiting for? Get in the game and share your love of sports with the world. Download the Small Player Big Play app today. Are you ready to listen to my dad Joe and Uncle Justin talk about sports? Now on with the show. The Joe Mays and J Raff Show is brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop, which have been serving the greater Westlawn area delicious food for over 70 years. You are listening to the Joe Mays and J Raff Show. Boring. A <clears throat> weekly podcast about sports since 2011. Don't you ever get tired of being wrong all the time? With a focus on football. Kansas City 31, San Francisco 20. Mahomes takes the snap. He's just going to throw it long for Demarcus Robinson. It is going to use up all the time. The game is over. And the Chiefs kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. Kansas City Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 54. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Joe Mays and J Raff Show. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting across from me is my co-host, Justin Rapoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here. Plenty of, plenty of football. It's, it's crazy, absolutely crazy that there's only two full weeks of NFL football left. Yeah, we're going to be diving into the Week 15 action. There's a game going on well, well right now, and right. then there's a game tomorrow night, but then that's it. Yeah, and it hit home because in one of the late games today, they were talking about, depending on these last two games tonight, there could be some meaningless games next week. Get like Ooh. games that literally don't mean anything um, because of who teams are playing right. and like who they play week. It, and they, to be fair, they were talking about games that don't mean any teams that might not have a meaningful game in week 16, but have one in 17 because of who the opponents are. Right. So it'll be interesting. I know the league over the last few years had tried to make as many divisional right. games uh, happen at the end of the year. And I know um, they're able to do that some weeks, well, but not others. What they were talking about is the, Depending on what happens with the Steelers, the Chiefs game next week may have a zero impact on whether or not they have a chance a, to win the, the NFC East. The, well, the AF, no, sorry, the, the you're talking Steelers wise, not Redskins wise. Sorry, yeah, the, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, right? Okay. The Chiefs locking up the one seed next week may not mean anything, and Week 17 might mean everything, depending <laughs> on the week out, right? Which is which is crazy, but yeah. Um, so we um, we have another guest with us, a guest who yeah. we introduced everyone to just a few weeks ago, but we're happy to have him back. Joining us again to talk pro football is Paul Roberts. Paul, thanks for joining us again. Good to be back, guys. Wore my glasses this time. Hopefully I look smarter. Can't <laughs> promise that I'll sound any smarter, but they say that you look smarter if you wear glasses. And these are actually prescription. I don't know if you guys realize, apparently it's a trend now. People actually buy glasses and don't even need them. Um, 
who knows what's I, going on in this world nowadays. I'll have to jump on that train. Maybe yeah, I mean, I mean, smarter. yeah, two thirds of us right, right now have have I, it have this are on this train. I'm the odd man out here. So you and you being able to see I, I have <laughs> the correct vision, uh, I could still join the Air Force. I mean, they reject me for other reasons, but um, eyesight wouldn't be one of them. Uh, so, Paul, yeah, thanks so much for coming back. We enjoyed talking to you. I can't believe it was uh, three or four weeks ago already that we were on this show talking about uh, pro football, you know, NFL. And at that time, we ran through all the games and talked about, you know, kind of who were the contenders, who were the pretenders. Uh, and it'll be interesting to do that again and see if any of that has really changed. I don't know how much really has. I think a few people have jumped up and down, but... Um, I don't know, to me, and Justin and I have talked about this a lot, and I think we should probably just start with that game that finished just uh, a little bit ago, featuring two of the better teams in the NFL this season, the Chiefs and the Saints. Uh, Justin and I have been talking for a while about uh, Kansas City, and I said recently, and this was a couple weeks ago, right after we had you on the show, I think I'm at the point where if you told me Kansas City or the field, I'd go with Kansas City, and I'm not sure anything has happened over the last few weeks to change my mind. What are you seeing in the Chiefs right now? What do you think about their opponent today, the New Orleans Saints? I agree with you on on Kansas City. They're the best team. I mean, I look at that game that they played uh, against your Dolphins, and it was turnovers left and right, and then you look up, and they're still up three scores. I mean, it's almost like a college team that is playing a lesser opponent. And you know that even when they're down, you just have this feeling that they're going to come back, that they can almost score at any time. I mean, they have a future Hall of Fame quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, who's already won a Super Bowl. They have a Hall of Fame head coach in Andy Reid. Regardless of what some Eagles fans may think of the guy, he is a genius when it comes to, to calling plays. He may have issues with time management, may completely ignore the run game at times, but he knows how to scheme guys wide open. And then you have, you know, the speed of a guy like Hill. You have Kelsey, who's a Hall of Fame tight end. Uh, their defense doesn't have to be great, and it isn't. It's, it's not a great defense, but when you're going to score over 30 virtually every single game, it's it's tough to stop, and they're, they're able to to beat the Saints. thought Drew Brees was really rusty uh, in this game. Now, if he can go, he plays. I, I think we saw last week Taysom Hill has a lot of good attributes. He's not a quarterback, and not, not in this league, uh, just not accurate enough. I mean, you have to be able to make throws in tight windows from the pocket. I don't trust Hill to do that. doesn't mean he's not valuable to the team. Uh, they like to use him a lot. Sean Payton puts him out there all the time. But you know, when you see Drew Brees is seven of 22 at one point, that, that was shocking to me, but I wasn't surprised that Kansas city won. And, and I think that has been the one constant is that they are the best team. The Steelers look like they're going in the wrong direction right now. The Packers have the best team in the NFC but if they played Kansas City in the Super Bowl, is anybody taking Green Bay? I, I don't think they are. No, I agree with you. I'm with you 100%. And that kind of uh, segues into, uh, I, I want to say it's a tangential topic because it's just something I was thinking about beforehand. I even didn't even get to talk to Justin about this. I feel like this isn't a banner year for the NFL in terms of team play. There's a lot of great individual accomplishments going on. You know, you have Derrick Henry chasing that 2,000 yard rushing mark, and obviously some of the quarterbacks like Mahomes and Rodgers are they're putting up great numbers. Um, Tyreek Hill's uh, touchdown pace is incredible. Uh, DK Metcalf, what he's been doing in Seattle, but team wise, no one is separating other than the Chiefs, and it's just a whole bunch of almost like mediocrity. I look at a lot of these teams, and I'm just not impressed. If you put them up in teams of the past, you know, five, 10 years, I just don't see a lot of uh, interesting teams. And and maybe that's what everyone wants, because honestly, if you put the Chiefs aside, I bet there's probably 10 other teams that you could possibly say, if the Chiefs weren't around, I could see them maybe winning it. Because I just, I, I'm not impressed all the time by the Saints, the Packers, like you just mentioned, uh, in the AFC. I th the Bills are coming on recently, but they had struggles at time earlier. And um, I think they can be a little uh, chaotic with Josh Allen there. Um, he's kind of the Jekyll and Hyde uh, quarterback. 
Um, congratulations to them for winning the AFC East for the first time in you, 25 years. You don't actually mean that. I'm, well, I mean, I, you mean the in 25 years I, I, part. I mean that part. Right, right. But, yeah, I started to jump in before the backhanded part of the compliment <laughs> came. So I, I jumped the gun a little bit. Well, I mean, honestly, I don't have a lot of ground to stand on. My Dolphins <laughs> have only won the AFC East, uh, what, three times in that period or something like that, four times, whatever it is. So, um, but... I, I don't know, Justin, what do you think about the, the parody that we're seeing in the NFL right now? So it's it's interesting because I, I do think, like you said, I think some of it, I, I don't know that the NFL is real upset with it, but like you said, it is always kind of good if they have that, a couple of those like blockbuster type teams, you know, like, and, and I think back you know, a decade ago or maybe even a little more, you know, but like when you, when you had like, when you're talking about, all right, the, the Patriots and the Colts, you know, when it was Brady and Manning going against each other, like that was like a premier thing, like every time, you know, just those types of matchups. Um, and like, like we said, the Saints, uh, Chiefs matchup today, that's a big matchup. It's cross conference. So it, it, while it's big, it's not, you know, quite as big. And, you know, it, yeah, they're pumping noise in and everything, but Breeze coming back, and uh, like Paul said, he was off to a rough start. I think, like, most incompletions to start a game for him. He was 0 for 5 at one point. Um, he, he got it going a little bit, but he did not look himself in that game. Um, I find it, I, I wonder, like, this is obviously hindsight, I wonder if the Saints win last week against the Eagles, do they sit Breeze this week? And I know it's tough because if Breeze is able to go, he goes. But, like, 11 broken ribs, like... That's nothing And a punctured lung, like, or collapsed lung, like, that's... Right, That that's crazy. So, like, I, I just wonder if that's if that's why. But like you said, I, you look at the Packers. The Packers, like, start out, like, on fire last night, and then... They just fall off a cliff. Like, hang on, you know? Like, and it's like, okay, I understand, but the Panthers aren't that good. I think the Panthers are headed in the right direction, kind of like that was a complete rebuild there. So like, right. You know, and, uh, but like, yeah, I was, I, I thought they would handle the Panthers. What I want to see out of them, because they're right now, they're the one seed in the NFC. What I would want to see out of them is I would want to see them handle the Panthers. Like the bills handled the Broncos last night. Like, that's what I feel like the number one seed should do. Right. And when I look around, like you said, the Chiefs have won a lot of close games, but they do it in a way that's just very different. Like, they just, like, flip that switch. And, man, well, like today, they go down to start the second half. The Saints go down and score. And they just, like, flip the switch and they score a bunch in the second half. You know, and I know they won by three, but, like, it's one of those where it's just, like, all right, they looked a little stagnant there in the middle of the game a little bit. Oh, yep, we need to turn it on now, and they do. And we've seen them do it in in the big time. It's not like, oh, is this sustainable for them? Because they did it throughout the playoffs last year. Right. On the way to the Super Bowl. So it's just, it's incredible to watch. And it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, Man, a couple of the throws, and I know people are getting to the point where they're like, other quarterbacks make these throws too. But the way Mahomes does it, like when he was scrambling full speed to his left today and throws it to the back corner and Michael Hardman like makes that catch. Like he threw it and it, he just like, I'm, it looked like he was just like, I'm going to throw this to try and hit the back pylon. And at the last second, Hardman runs in and just snags it. Like, yes, I know other guys can make that throw in the NFL. Most of them don't though. Most of them don't make it in that situation. And that's why it's kind of fun to watch. So, Paul, let's stick to the the late window here. You know, we had the best matchup of the day, Chiefs-Saints, and it sort of delivered. There was some some issues uh, with uh, Drew Brees not being up to snuff after meeting some time. But, you know, it was was a close game. It was interesting. Uh, The other two games, obviously, for our viewership here, uh, Eagles-Cardinals, a big one to discuss. Paul, what did you think about Jalen Hurts' second start for Philadelphia? And and real quick, just another note on the Saints. This is why that loss last week to the Eagles was devastating. Because if they win that game, and they they were obviously you know a big favorite there, they have eleven wins going into today. They still have a chance to get the number one seed. And this year with the playoff format, only the number one seed is going to get a bye. So mm-hmm. it, it's really 
an advantage, a significant advantage to get the one seed losing against the Eagles put them a game behind and now they lose again today. So they have 10 wins. Green Bay has uh, 11, but uh, the Eagles game was wild. I, I certainly will, know, will not say that it was a very well-played game. I mean, the, the Cardinals had three turnovers. The Eagles had all kinds of special teams, gaffes. They had a punt block early that, that gave Arizona a touchdown. Uh, they started that drive at the six. Uh, the Eagles then lost their punter. So Zach Ertz had to hold. He got a really bad snap. It really wasn't a default of Ertz, but then they had a failed extra point. They got burned on a fake punt that Arizona ran uh, on a, a fourth and two play. So uh, all kinds of special teams mistakes. There were 18 combined penalties in this game, nine for each team. So it wasn't crisp, but man, was it entertaining. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, I was going up against Kyler Murray in the fantasy football oh. league semifinals, so uh, I got I got destroyed. Mm. Uh, I think yeah. the the guy I was playing also had Derrick Henry and David Montgomery, Ooh. and then I, yeah. So I mean that's the story of my life. If I have any luck, it's bad luck. <laughs> but, uh, and Kyler Murray just tore apart that that Eagles defense, which we expected. I'll give the Eagles credit that they fought to the end. And remember, Arizona can spread you out. They run a lot of empty backfield, and you have Hopkins, you have Fitzgerald. I don't care how old that guy is. He's, he's still a, a valuable wide receiver, still has really good hands. He's a good blocker. But then the Eagles, without Darius Slay, who is by far their best corner, Avante Maddox is out, and Rodney McLeod is out. I mean, they, they had guys in the secondary there that most people probably never heard of, and they were still able to hang around out turnovers is always the biggest stat and that's how they stayed in the game Kyler Murray had a a couple crucial turnovers a fumble and then he threw an interception in the end zone when Arizona was trying to get a little breathing room there but the Eagles fought and Jalen Hurts looked really good that's one thing that has definitely changed since the last time I was on the show with you guys Uh, Carson Wentz to the bench Hurts goes in and he threw for almost 350 yards today. He ran for over 60, uh, no interceptions. And the last drive there, I mean, completed some passes on third and long, you know, fourth downs. Uh, I thought he, he played really, really well, considering it's just his second start in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I thought there was a big tick up or a big step forward for him today compared to last week. Now I know it's a little different going against Arizona's defense than it was the Saints defense. Um but like Arizona has some playmakers, you know, on on their defense and and to see him take a step forward was was this, was an encouraging sign in my opinion. Um but yeah, like I there were just so many times when I'm watching this Eagles game I'm like Oh, this I just felt like up oh, same old Eagles, same old Eagles. Like I sent it, I sent messages to Joey and and another one of our friends earlier, Adam. You you know Adam, and like I'm sending yeah. them. I'm like, yep, same same things here. Like I was like, oh man, I wish we were playing a tight end at quarterback this week. You know, like things like that because the way the game was going early, like and don't get me wrong, like it was a mistake, but like when Jalen Hurts throws the ball away, like and gets the safety to start because of the intentional grounding, I'm like, yeah, what? Come on, man, like. But, like, that's just frustration. And it's one of those where if he doesn't throw it, he's going to get sacked. So, like, I, I don't really know what I wanted him to do there. But, it, you know, there were just, like you said, penalties, getting burned on special teams. The Zach Ertz one, like, clearly it looked like the, the long snapper thought, oh, man, I have to make a perfect snap because we have a different holder. And he made the exact opposite of that. It rolled back to him. But, like, you know, just things like that, you're like, of course that's that's happening. And... I, it's interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see where all of this goes. I mean, I, I've said it to Joey the last couple of weeks, you know, because I was talking to a buddy of mine back when they were making the switch. I'm like, okay, like as an Eagles fan, let's go through this. What's the worst case scenario so we can prepare ourselves for like what exactly is going to happen? And he's like, the worst case scenario is Jalen Hurts goes in and is awful. Like, because then what do you do? And I'm like, oh, you're right. That That is the worst case scenario. So it it is good that 
in my opinion, that Hurts is coming in and, and playing well and is providing that spark. And they're they're rolling him out more, which is good because they need to because they can't really protect in the pocket. Um, but he he's getting the ball in the hands of the playmakers, whether it's Sanders. Uh, Greg Ward had a good day today. Um, you know, just they they decided to give Fulgham some snaps back today. Like all of that stuff is is positive stuff. Some of that, um, I and especially last week, some of it, I'm like, where was this play calling and some of the decisions before? But at the same time, there there were definitely plays more plays today that I'm watching where I'm like, Hertz is making that play and Wentz is not. That's not to say that Wentz isn't making other plays, but like, um, you know, it it's just one of those where all right, if they're gonna run if they're going to run the read option a bunch, having Hertz back there instead of Wentz is probably the way you need to probably go. You know, like yeah. um, I still get frustrated when I'm watching on Saturdays, Penn state did this only a couple times this week where they run like, you know, the zone read three straight plays. Um, but like, I'll still feel like Doug goes to it a lot on for the Eagles. Um, sometimes I'd rather them just get it into miles Sanders hands a little quicker, but I I was impressed with today, and hopefully they keep going in the right direction. But uh, I don't know; it's it's tough. Don't get me wrong; I'm not rooting for them to lose, but they're at that point where wins don't really help them at right. this. They're point. They're a long like, shot to win the division to make the playoffs, right? And I I could just see them. So I believe right now they they're in the seventh spot in the draft. I could see them winning one of their last two and dropping to like ten or eleven or twelve, you know, in that range. What do we always talk about? Right. The worst thing you can be is mediocre. And so watch them win their last two, like that. Would... Hey, right. But still miss the playoffs. Then. Right. Right. So you know that's congratulations. I... You're picking thirteenth. Right. And and so I don't know. I just I feel like. But here's the thing: I have zero confidence that they're going to make the right draft pick anyway. Um, I was I was mentioning to Joey. I think I saw this last week. I think it's like since 2014, like the only Eagles draft pick to make the Pro Bowl, like from that point, or so the person they've drafted after 2014 or whatever is Carson Wentz. Like their draft has just been not good, and whether that's not drafting well or not developing. or developing. Yeah. Either one is a giant red flag. So that's that's where my concerns are, is that I don't know. Like, okay, Hurts looks great right now. But you know what? Wentz looked great for a few years, and we we wrecked him. Like, what are we going to do different this time? Like, that that's what I want to know. All right, Paul. We're, we're, Justin and I are firing Howie Roseman, and we're hiring you, Paul Roberts, <laughs> to fix the Eagles. What do you do? What would be your first step? What do you think is the most important thing to do for Philadelphia going forward? Well, you have to draft better. I mean, we are just talking about that. And nothing against Jalen Rager. He may turn into a very good wide receiver. I did think it was interesting that Seth Joyner, who, of course, uh, Eagles fans certainly remember from the, the Buddy Ryan days, he was very critical of Rager today on, on social media, and we all know who was on the board that they passed on. I mean, you can't make those type of mistakes. I mean, Justin Jefferson is you know, one of the top receivers in the entire NFL right now. He was one of the best receivers in the country, playing in the best conference for LSU and, and put up unbelievable numbers, and they they passed on him. When you take guys like – Arcega Whiteside and miss on him. Sidney Jones, who everybody said was a steal as a second round pick because he got injured. You know, he's he's not even on the team anymore. So, you know, it, it starts a lot with your personnel department, your player development. If you miss on guys in round six or seven, nobody cares. You miss on guys in rounds one and two, it's a big deal. And it it sets you back. Now they're in a real bind here with this Carson Wentz situation because it is a business, bottom line. And the money that he is owed, I just don't think it's feasible. And and you're gonna hear more tonight and throughout the whole next week because of the way Hertz played today. You're you're gonna hear this, well, just get rid of him. <laughs> which is right. is easier laughable. said than done, right? <laughs> right. I mean, you 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 just can't do that. If they would let him go, you're talking about 
like a $60 million hit. So I think next year he's definitely going to be on the roster. And then maybe you figure out what, what you're going to do with him for 2022, but the, Oh, you know, just cut him. You know, it's like this, this isn't your fantasy team. You know I mean? There's, there's obligations here. I didn't like the, the Hertz pick when they did it because you had Wentz, you had just given him all that money. So obviously there was some confidence in him. Uh, we remember how he was playing in 2017 before he got hurt. He could have won the MVP award that season and he still may be a good player. I mean, if he would go somewhere, let's say the Colts, yeah. for example, and be reunited with Frank Reich and, and, I think everybody respects the job that he did in Philly and is now doing with the the Colts. You know, I, I don't think Carson Wentz is completely done. Sometimes fans and media members have a, a tendency to be prisoners of the moment, and we love to anoint guys after a game or two, and we love to throw guys to the curb after you know a game or two. I often think of when Mike Schmidt came up with the Phillies. And the guy wasn't even hitting 200. He turns into the best third baseman of all time. But, I mean, he he took a lot of criticism early in his career because – and na- nowadays it's even worse just because of everything that happens with social media and, and Twitter and everybody reacts instantly. But I, I didn't like the pick of Hertz at the time because they had so many other needs. And you thought, well, he's not going to get a play right away. And now he's in there. I'm still not ready to say that, you know, he's uh, the next, you know, Mahomes or, you know, whoever you want to say. Has he looked good? Yeah. I mean, I thought this week much better throwing the football. Last week he used his legs a lot. He ran for over 100 yards. I still wonder, too, is that sustainable? Because you're going to take shots uh, when when you do things like that. And uh, you still have to be accurate. And today, I think it was 24 of 44. So you you would like to see the completion percentage a little bit higher there, especially because the Eagles throw so much short stuff. Right, right. Um, You know, wide receiver screens, uh, just quick hitting play. I mean, and it's not just Doug Peterson. It's the whole NFL. If I see another third and five that's, that's thrown at or behind the line of scrimmage. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I mean, it, it just, it drives you insane. But as far as this, this team, you have to start uh, drafting better. I, I think there are, are nice pieces. This isn't a team that you blow up. You know, we're, we're not talking about the, the jets here or, or a debacle like that. Although some, somehow they managed to, <laughs> Oh to yeah. We're going to get to that. <laughs> uh, but the quarterback situation, and it's it's not going to be easy the way Hertz is, has has played. But I, you know, you have to start drafting better. That that's priority number one. Yeah, you got to get that new talent that, that's under your control and usually for a pretty affordable price. And that's how, what you uh, have to build around. And the Eagles just haven't done a good job of late. Um, you know, I was looking at their their drafts. Um, you know, they got Lane Johnson in 2013, the first round, but, uh, the next, uh, the next year they went, um, with the most mind boggling pick that I could remember, Marcus Smith. I just, like, oh. that was just a head scratcher. Uh, and that, I mean, that blew up immediately. That, that was, the, yeah, the, you could tell right away that that was a terrible, terrible. He wasn't even active for a lot of games his rookie year. Like that's he's not right. even in the. I mean, he's not in no. the league anymore. He hasn't been for a few years. And then Nelson Aguilar. And I'm a draft geek, guys. Like I, I read all those mock drafts. Yeah. I, I had some very good guests on on my uh, radio shows in the past. No one had him projected as a first round pick. Right. No one. I mean, he was a second, maybe a third. And you I gamble feel- and take him in the. In, Round it. I mean, that was worse than Mike Mamula. People bring him up. Yeah. At least Mamula stuck around in the league for a while. Right. I feel like I feel like Howie Howie and the Eagles. It's almost like they think they're the smartest ones in the room when it comes to the draft, and they like out trying to outthink everyone. And it's like sometimes the obvious pick is is the right pick. And 
I feel like that's what they did with Jefferson this past year. Yeah, I, I just... Like, I, if, if it would have been flipped, if Justin Jefferson had been the kid at TCU and Rager had been at LSU, like, I can understand why you would you would think, like, oh, like, he was at the smaller school. But, like, Justin Jefferson was the best wide receiver on the best team in college football. Like, in the hardest conference, like, I don't... I don't understand yeah, what what you didn't see there. Like I, I would love to see like their draft notes and how they justify pa- right. passing because, on him. Because like it's not that it's not like solely speaking to Rager, but it's like because I can understand liking him, but like what made you like Rager more than Jefferson? Like that's what I want to know. Yeah. Um so Nelson Aguilar was twenty fifteen. Wentz was 16, Derek Barnett 17, no pick in 18, Andre Diller last year, and then Rager this year. Um, but obviously, it's not just about the first round picks; it's the second and third rounders that are so important. And and like Paul mentioned, Jalen Hurts pick this year. I mean, we did the draft show live the first round, and the second round we were texting the whole night, and we we're just like, "What are they doing?" Everyone thought it was crazy when the Packers um, they were building a quarterback love. factory, right? Yeah, they yeah, got the quarterback right. factory, and now it's like, all right, well, you gotta sleep in that bed. You you made it, Howie. Like, what are you gonna do now? Like, you're the cap wizard. Like, you gotta make this work, right? Figure and it out. I have I have to agree with you, Paul. Like, I have to believe that, like, unless someone unless someone comes and and really wants Wentz, which is you see all these reports that like that there's a lot of GMs that would not trade him, which a lot of people use that to infer that there are a lot of GMs that would therefore be open to the idea of getting Wentz if, if they needed him. Now what they're willing to give up and what the Eagles could use is a whole different thing. But I, I did see some stuff that they're like, when the Eagles signed him to the extension, like they already start like budgeting and planning for next year. So like, Yes, he has a huge cap hit. The Eagles are planning on that cap. Or, well, they're planning on that cap hit because they planned on him being on the team. But, like, you know, so, like, it's not the situation where, like, oh, they have to move him this year. Like, it, like maybe in terms of locker room and things like oh, that, yeah. you need to move him. But, like, in terms of money, they're like, the Eagles don't have to move. Like, if teams are coming in basically thinking, like, Oh, they have to trade him because they can't afford him. Well, no, they already had him locked up. Like it it's not like the Cowboys situation in many ways, but it's not like they have to go out and sign their quarterback to the big deal yet. Like they've already signed him and budgeted for that. Um, you know, so unless they feel compelled to move him, they're they don't necessarily have to, even though I don't know what the purpose of keeping him around is if if you need it, I feel like people were jumping today too. When like Wentz doesn't want to be the backup. Well, okay. If, if, if he had been asked, are you okay being the backup? And he says, yes. Like people are going to jump on him right there and be like, Oh, he doesn't have, doesn't have the, the type a personality. He doesn't have all, you know, it's a lose, lose. Right. He can't him. answer that question in a way that's not going to draw criticism. Yeah. I, I thought that was, a, a non-story to right. be honest i mean i have a lot of respect for adam Schefter. he's one of the the best in the business mm-hmm. when it comes to to getting stories but but that story that came out today about wentz not being happy to get to the level of the nfl or any pro sport these guys are ultra competitive way beyond uh, the, the type of competition that you or I are, or the oh, average yeah. Joe is, is used to. So obviously he's not going to be happy if he's on the bench. I don't know a single pro athlete who would be happy as the backup, especially when you were a high first round pick like Carson went. So I, I really, again, Adam Schefter does a fantastic job. He breaks a ton of stories today. That, that story meant zero to me. Yeah, it got a bunch of likes and retweets though, and that's uh, yeah. sometimes <laughs> oh, I think yeah. I think uh, I'm very cynical and I'm I'm anti ESPN um, as a as a entity. Uh, I like some of their personalities uh, on air personalities, and Schefter's great, but sometimes I think they're like just basically not make something up, but give me give me a headline that'll get people to click on what you're putting out, and that to me that's exactly what that was today. I'm like, that's not. That's not breaking news. That's not information. Of course he's upset. Why wouldn't he be upset? And like Justin said, if he's not upset, that's also a story. Like you're going <laughs> to, no matter what, it was 
it, uh, it was just no, right. I, I it, don't like it. At it all. tells me everything I need to know when when Hertz throws the touchdown today, and like the first person there on the sideline to give him the fist bump was was Wentz. So like, right? He he doesn't like it, but he's not being a bad teammate about it. And that's where like when you go to like you know when you've got people like chiming in like, oh well, you know he deserved to be benched. Well, maybe he did. Like maybe he did deserve to be benched. But like him not being happy and him not being a teammate, not being a good teammate. Those are two separate things. And like, I don't see anything that's saying he's a bad teammate, even hurts. Now again, what's hurts going to say, but hurts is saying, you know, all the right things like, yeah, he's, you know, the quarterback room's great. He's helping with anything I need, like all that stuff. Like, I don't know what you want out of the guy. I feel like he's in a no win situation and hurts playing better is not going to help like the Wentz case. Cause I don't, I'm not sure there's anything he can do to win right now. Like, yeah, it's not a, a Ricky Waters for who for what oh, situation here. I mean, Carson Wentz, I think we'd all agree, is a good person, does a lot in the community, does a lot for charity. Uh, I don't think he would be a bad teammate. Is he frustrated now? I'm sure he is. <laughs> like like right. we said, he, he's been a starter be? right. his whole career, and now he isn't. Right, good. And use every ounce of that frustration to fuel your like work and work as hard as you can. And hey, let's see a true quarterback competition this offseason and or the Eagles move him or whatever. But like, I, I, I want him to be successful. I, I want him to be successful for the Eagles, but I don't know if that's in the cards, but that that's for Howie to figure out. Right. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that's a future Howie problem. That'll come up pretty soon. Though. Yeah. Uh, let's finish out that late slate. Oh my Paul gosh. mentioned it a little bit ago. All right, Paul, who got the worst outcome from today's <laughs> Jets Rams game? Is it the Rams who lost to a team that was winless, or is it a team that probably shouldn't have won because now they've taken themselves out of the number one pick spot? I know that the NFL doesn't want anyone throwing games and losing to lose, and obviously the Jets haven't been doing that because, as was mentioned many times on the broadcast, this is what the sixth or seventh straight game that they scored first. Right, uh, but eight, this time they eight, were, they've scored eight, eight, straight eight straight games on their opening drive, which I was like, "That's absurd!" That's like crazy. good teams, good teams don't do that. No. Um, so the Jets win today. They hold on to win today. They went out to a lead. The Rams fought back. I don't know. The Rams kind of maybe woke up. I mean, you can't even blame jet lag. You was in LA, right. so I, I just don't understand it, Paul. What do you make of the uh, Rams Jets today? This was a shocker. This was the biggest upset in 25 years, wow. like a quarter of a century that they, they were a, a 17 point underdog. I actually used them in a teaser. And as it turns out, they went outright. So I, I didn't even need the, the extra points. That was, it was unbelievable to me. It, 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 it really was, but it also goes to show, you know, we hear a lot about tanking in the NBA, the NFL I mean, it's it's a man's league, and you know it is a physical game. And I talked about how competitive these guys are. If if you're not going out there and playing hard, you're going to get your you know what kicked. I mean, you know, it's it's not a league for people just to mess around in. Um, you know, in the NBA, maybe you jog back defensively. Uh, maybe, you know, you're not giving a hundred percent. If that happens in the NFL, you could get hurt because I mean, these, these guys are looking to put you into the ground. That's just the way the, the game is played. I hope you guys saw the interview this week with Jason Kelsey. He talked a lot about this and how uh, maybe some Eagles fans want them to lose, but that that's just not how yeah. these players operate at the NFL level. And it also shows you the fine line in this league. And, and it's why most of the, the betting lines that you see are between a field goal and a touchdown, because, you know, so many of these teams are, are that even now the jets, I mean, they, they are certainly uh, not one, one of the, the teams that's even in the middle of the pack, but as far as who is it worse for the jets? I mean, the chance to get Trevor Lawrence, I mean, that's, that's the type of guy who could turn your franchise around and now, you know, they get this win and the tiebreaker is strength of schedule and everything that, that I was reading today said Jacksonville is going to get it. So uh, now there are other good quarterbacks that are going to be in this draft. I like uh, Wilson a lot, the kid from BYU. 
Uh, stayed up to watch a bunch of those games. He can move. He's got a huge arm. I mean, there, there are going to be other quarterbacks besides Trevor Lawrence drafted, but Lawrence is the best. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. So I can understand why Jets fans are annoyed. It is also bad, though, from the Rams' perspective because they now move a game behind Seattle yeah. trying to, to win that division. Uh, you know, it, it, it just goes to show that this is why they play the games, and this is why I think all of us love sports. If you watch a great movie, you know, Godfather, Shawshank, Redemption, Goodfellas, whatever, the second time you watch it, you know the ending. If you read a great book, you read Shakespeare or Edgar Allan Poe, the second time you read that, you know the ending. What separates sports and why it's so great is you never really know the ending. We think we we know what's going to happen, but we never truly know. How about LSU beating Florida when a sneaker gets thrown 20 yards? Oh, my gosh. And, you know, Jets, Rams is just another example of why we love sports so much because you just – you never know. Yeah, any given Sunday. And, I mean, it's true in all sports, not just football. Uh, and, you know, the, the sports cliche and the quote, you know, we, you play to win the game, and that's why they play the game. It's all so true. And sometimes we forget that, but then something reminds us of it, and that's exactly what happened uh, between the Jets and Rams today. And uh, I'll take full credit for that, Jets fans. I tried to sabotage you. I played the Rams defense <laughs> in fantasy today um, and got diddly squat from them. I was gonna say, so, as 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 a Dolphins fan, that was like perfect for you, right? Like, you oh, know, right to sabotage the Jets. Yeah, right, I mean, right. yeah. As strictly as a Dolphins fan, and we're, we'll move into mm-hmm. talking about my team here uh, shortly. Of course, yeah. I, if I had to choose between the Jets getting Lawrence or the Jaguars getting Lawrence, I'm picking the Jaguars every single time. I don't want the Jets to have a good quarterback. I want the Jets to have Mark Sanchez again. <laughs> like that's what I want. So. Uh, so let's talk about my Dolphins. They beat New England again, um, in Miami because that's what they do. It's just this time it wasn't as uh crazy as it was two years ago, um, with the miracle oh, in Miami or last year in New England where they upset them and helped give Kansas City uh home field through the playoffs. But Miami got the job done beating New England 22 to 12. It wasn't necessarily pretty and it hasn't been for Miami offensively uh for much of the season, but they got the job done and kept uh, pace with the pack in the AFC. They're holding on desperately to the, the last wild card spot, that seven seed. They're trying to fend off Baltimore, who has the easier schedule over the next uh, the last two weeks. Miami has to go to Las Vegas next week. But, uh, Paul, did you get to see uh, any of the New England-Miami game? What do you make of my Dolphins? Uh, it, it played out, honestly, like I, I thought it would. This was one of my favorite plays today was the under in this game. Uh, I actually got it at 42. I know it it went well below that. And I've I've always said, let the line lead the way. And sometimes, you know, you see these lines, you're like, how can that be so low? You know, see a total at 40 or 41, you know, like when army plays Navy or, you know, army air force, you see these totals, it's 37 and, you know, they go under. So I, I was expecting this type of game. I give the Dolphins a ton of credit. You know, I think I said the last time I was on your show, they're moving in the right direction. I think uh, Tua is the quarterback of of the future there. You know, they throw a lot of of short stuff, but take a look at their skill position guys that they had on that field today. Yeah. I mean, with with that group to beat anybody uh, is, is, it's a good win. And, you know, the, the Patriots, yeah, they're just they're just not the Patriots anymore, and it's Hallelujah. not just Brady. <laughs> yeah. uh, the talk about a lack of weapons. Who scares you on that New England roster at at the skill positions? And and Cam Newton, uh, you know, at one time was was a great quarterback. Got to a Super Bowl. He is not it anymore. So I was really expecting a, a low scoring game. I know the the sharp money came in big on New England, so they they were actually on the. So I saw this come down all the way to a pick'em 
uh, before one o'clock today. And then it, it went back up to about one or, or one and a half, but there was a lot of money coming in on new England, but o- offensively, they're just, they're a train wreck. I mean, they, you know, they're, they're six and eight for a reason. They're just, they're just not very good. I think, you know, they're a public team similar to, you know, the Lakers or the Cowboys or, or the Yankees. There, there are certain teams, you know, that nationally people have a perception of the Patriots aren't it anymore, but considering all the injuries the dolphins had and I mean, who had Miami at nine and five, you know, coming into the, this season that, that they could be potentially a double digit win team. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I know, like, I understand, like, if they make the playoffs, it would be amazing, and I'd be happy about it, but I know that they're not. Could they pull an upset? Maybe. Depends on the matchup. Uh, they don't handle running quarterbacks well, and, well, there's a whole bunch of those in the AFC playoffs. Um, not necessarily run-first guys, but guys that can make plays happen with their with their legs. You know, we saw that Mahomes do it last week. They played Josh Allen and the Bills earlier. They'll play them in Week 17. Lamar Jackson's just hanging out there, and if, the Bal- if Baltimore makes Oh, and they also sometimes have trouble with power running. Oh, hello, Tennessee. Like, there's a whole bunch of roadblocks, and I don't expect Miami to make the Super Bowl or maybe even make the playoffs, but it's just great to think back to where Miami was, you know, in early October of 2019 to where they are now. And I laugh at it all the time, and I, I like to laugh at ESPN, and Mike Greenberg last year was so obnoxious and over-the-top about like Miami's, like, just – they, they are a detriment to the NFL. Like They're a mockery. They're a joke. They're going to get people hurt. They don't care. They're clearly tanking. They don't want to win, blah, 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 all this stuff. And now look where his jets are. That's I just love the uh, the karma um, about everything. Uh, but Miami, I, for them to be where they're at, you know, last year they, they finished on the, that hot streak. They look good, upsetting the Patriots and everything. Uh, and going into this year, you know, Justin and I did our preview show. It feels like months ago now, you know, six, like six months ago when we finally started our NFL preview. And I, I said I was hopeful Miami could maybe squeak out and get to 500. I was thinking more like six or seven, but if they could get to eight and eight, I would be a hugely successful year and well here they are with two weeks ago they already are at nine so you know i'm happy with it uh you know tua hasn't been outstanding he's not winning games on his own but he's um showing improvements i mean he was 20 of 26 today yeah now they're they're short like like paul said they're short passes and they're not making him throw anything downfield but that that will come let him get adjusted he had no time in the offseason to do anything because of the the pandemic and his injury and that and yeah, he was right. injured so I you know I know there are people like I saw today uh, um, Ross Tucker who uh, Justin and I would love to get on the show sometimes we're, we're working on that you know get the 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 local flavor on the show we like that uh, he pointed out how he's he's like I saw more in two games from Jalen Hurts than I've seen from Tua all year. I'm like, okay, I get that. That's true, but like, I feel like the Dolphins have a little bit more that they're playing for right now than the Eagles do. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I think the Dolphins are in a really good spot. I don't. This is kind of like an add-on, but don't don't overlook the fact that the Texans, for the second time in three weeks, fumble inside the five to cost themselves the game against the Colts. Um, that helps my Dolphins. <laughs> yes, that helps you guys a lot because you're still going to have that. Like a high top ten, pick. Uh, right? A top ten pick there, um, yeah. Like, and you know, we talked about it before. Some people are like Brian Flores. You know, the the Belichick tree hasn't been the greatest. Blah blah. blah. Just takes one guy, man. I'll take. Yeah, it. He, it certainly looks like you've you've got one. He he's building in the right direction. Like I know last week they were talking about like yes, you know they they lost to Kansas City, but like I, I saw an article today or this week that was just like, you know, it was over the top, like statistic speaking, but it was just talking about how like, there's only one team that's really built to like, just blitz like crazy. And it's the dolphins. And yeah. it, and a lot of those guys are so young and like, well, yeah, and, it, it, and it's awesome for the dolphins. Brian, Chris Greer, the general manager and, and Brian Flores have found the right football guys that 
are there to play for the love of the game and they want to show that they can that they can compete. I mean, you're getting cast offs from other teams playing great, like Emmanuel Ogba, who is like what happened in New England for two decades. Exactly. Exactly. That's what that's what I like to hear. Uh, but Paul Paul said like Miami I, I know New England had a ton of opt opt outs before the season began and they had a bunch of guys inactive today you know their leading rusher was out as well but Miami is doing this without any premier offensive talent well and Gasecki seems to be uh, like establishing some kind of rhythm there with with Tua like last week he had a big week um, and then and, he, and, he misses the game right but then he got hurt but it wasn't nearly as severe as no, what it seemed man. to be last and week. And then Devontae Parker's out. So like their leading rusher is Salvin Ahmed, um, who, who had, <laughs> who had, um, you know, he's had moments early, throughout the year, but they've been cycling through these backs, uh, these backs, you know, they got rid of Jordan Howard. He couldn't do anything. Right. Miles Gaskin has been um, on and off injured reserve and the COVID list. Um, Matt Bryda, same thing. He can't stay healthy. Uh, their leading receiver was Durham Smythe, the tight end. With exactly. the sticky out. He had 40 yards. Lynn Bowden Jr., Isaiah Ford, Matt Collins. Sound, is that name familiar, Matt yeah. Collins? He probably had more catches today than he had in his whole tenure with the Eagles. <laughs> so Return just, of the Mac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I just, I'm, I'm happy to see um, what's going on in Miami. And I, 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 I mean, the rebuild is a year ahead of where I thought it would be if it would get there at all, because they've been rebuilding for basically 20 years. It's nice to finally hope. Right. See it has light. to be exciting because like, yeah. It, yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like they're in a good spot. All right, Paul, we got about 10 minutes left here. I'll, I'll, I'll let you uh, roll the dice and, and, and you let me know uh, what comes up. What game was most interesting to you from the early slate or Thursday? Or what do you want to talk about? Which game piques your interest? One we didn't mention yet was Buccaneers Falcons, which, I mean, Atlanta pulled in Atlanta up 17 nothing at halftime, and, and they end up blowing that lead and losing to the Bucs 31-27. So the Buccaneers are now 9-5, and five, the Falcons 4-10. and 10. It's, it's amazing how many of these games Atlanta's been in. And, you know, they always say good teams find a way to win, bad teams find a way to lose. The Falcons certainly have done that. Uh, Buccaneers, though, I, I think people expected them to be more impressive. Uh, how about the Cowboys putting up 41? Uh, that got a little wild at the end there. There was an onside kick that was returned, but Hail Mary uh, they beat touchdown. the Niners <laughs> 41 to, to 33. Uh, so both those teams, five and nine, just to get people caught up on the NFC least. You have Washington at six and eight. Uh, played Seattle tough. I mean, it was a low-scoring game. They lost 20 to 15, which is kind of an odd score. Washington to me is, is kind of like Miami in that I think they're headed in the right direction. They have the head coach now in Ron Rivera, who's been in the league for a while, knows what he's doing. He he's, he's brought some stability. Unfortunately, they had to go back to Haskins and he just, he can't play. I mean, you know, we talk about missing on draft picks, when you miss at the quarterback spot, you you are in, in bad shape. But that front four that Washington has defensively, that is a nightmare for opponents. And I don't know if they're going to be able to keep all those guys. Well, I know they aren't just because the money that, that they're, they're going to demand out there when they hit free agency. But right now, you know, that Washington's one of those teams that you look at their record and you think it might be an easy win, but I, I guarantee no quarterback wants to see that front four that, that Washington has. So uh, they're in, in first place right now in, in that division, but, you know, Seattle, a 10 win team, uh, their defense has been playing better, getting, Jamal Adams back uh, certainly helped and and he was going crazy because he, he's finally uh, on a playoff team now. Uh, but those were some of the other games. Uh, Vikings lost to the Bears. Uh, Vikings, uh, another team going into the season that had several guys opt out. And they're one of those teams that fantasy football wise, you look at some of the skill players and you think you're they're going to be really, really good. And you know, they're not even a 500 team. 
they're six and eight, which you know shows you that you have to look up front with a lot of teams. Eagles are another good example. I mean, they've had basically a different O-line combination in every game, and they've struggled to protect the quarterback. Even a, a mobile quarterback like Hurts, you saw him under pressure. So right. I think I think he know, got sacked like five times today or something like that. Yeah. I mean, we, we all focus on the skill guys, but you, you have to look at, at teams in the trenches. I think that's one big reason why the Browns have turned it around. That offensive line – if it's not the best in the league, it's definitely a top three uh, offensive line. And, you know, they're able to, to run the ball with Chubb and they have Hunt back there. And then they can, you know, run play action with Baker Mayfield. If Mayfield has to drop back and throw the ball 40, 45 times, Cleveland's in big trouble. And I thought that that's what really hurt them last week in that prime time game. They didn't run the ball. That's that's been their mo. Their style of play is very similar to when the Rams went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. It was pound the ball with Gurley, play action pass, and and that's when golf was effective because you you get the defensive safeties come up, the linebackers come up, they're all expecting run, and then you get easier throws. That's how Cleveland has to play, but it it all starts up front with with the Browns. And, you know, I, I think that offensive line is, is a key in why they've, they've turned it around this year. Speaking of the Browns, they are currently leading the Giants 7-3 to three approaching halftime, though they are in uh, field goal range threatening here uh, right before half. So let's finish off with the teams playing on Monday night. The last time we talked to you, Paul, the Steelers were undefeated and people were talking about a perfect season. And that came crashing down quickly a couple weeks ago when they um, – they fell to the Reds, excuse me, the, the Washington football team. Football the football team. team. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> and then last week kind of got beat up by the Bills in Buffalo. Uh, now, nothing cures a losing streak like the Cincinnati Bengals uh, without Joe Burrow. So I would think or a tie. Pittsburgh. Or a tie. <laughs> or a tie. Yeah, or a tie. Um, but I would think Pittsburgh uh, comes out on top. But what do you make of the Steelers? Are, are they a true contender? Uh, did, did you buy into them before uh, the losing streak? I did for sure because of their defense, which was, if not the best, one of the best, but now let's look at the injuries. I mean, Mm -hmm. they lose Bush at linebacker. They lose Dupree off the edge. Uh, Those are type of guys you just, you don't replace. I mean, those aren't run of the mill plug and play type of guys. So that hurts them defensively and they're wide receivers. I mean, they are Kings of the drop. I mean, it is unbelievable. I don't, I don't know how Big Ben, I, I wonder at night uh, what type of cold beverages he's having just to keep his sanity because they drop so many passes. I think they're still a dangerous team. I mean, you have veteran coach, veteran quarterback. They've won it all before. The defense is still good, not as good uh, without those guys, obviously, but they're not on Kansas City's level, and uh, I I liked Buffalo. I I took Buffalo in that game. Uh, I would not want to play the Bills right now. Mobile quarterback, ton of confidence. Uh, they they had some injuries on defense, and now those guys are coming back. Uh, Buffalo's and and getting digs at wide receiver was a huge addition. I mean they they needed somebody who could threaten the defense. He's done that. They brought in Cole Beasley, who's a really good slot receiver. Uh, I, I would not want to face the the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. So I, to me, Bills stock up, and I would still say Colts stock up too. Steelers stock is is going down. Can any of them beat Kansas City? I don't think so. All right, last question here. You just mentioned the Colts. Who do you like in the South? Do you like the Colts? Or do you like the Titans? I like the Colts because their defense is much better. Uh, you know, the Titans beat the Lions today, but you know, the Lions, their, their season is done. They have they have five wins. Uh, you know, Tannehill played great today. Obviously, you have Derrick Henry, and, and they know, you know, what they are. 
you know, type of team that's going to try and pound you and control the clock. We saw that last year in the playoffs, but the Colts defense is, is much better than Tennessee. So of those two teams, uh, I would take Indy, but both are really well coached teams. All right. Excellent. Well, I'm not going to ask you for um, Super Bowl predictions, Paul, because we're going to we're going to try if you're willing to get you on one more time here before the Super Bowl uh, happens in uh, what about five, six weeks here. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll talk about playoffs, hopefully in the future. And uh, but we do thank you very much for joining us here again on the Joe Mays and J-Raff show. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Yeah, great to be on. Thanks for having me. And I won't give my prediction, but just a hunch, Kansas City <laughs> might be the team coming, coming out of the AFC. Oh, so you're, you're saying there's a chance for a repeat, huh? <laughs> Sticking your neck out there, just like Justin yeah. and I have. So. All right. Well, Justin and I, we're going to wrap things up here. Um, Mr. Raffoff, anything to add? No, I just, um, you know, I think we, we started the show kind of talking about parody in the league and you know, for as much as we and everyone bashes the Jets because they are terrible, like they are terrible. It just goes show to show that like even like what makes them terrible, that the distance between terrible and okay is not that big of a gap. Like it really isn't. And on any given Sunday, a team can go out and and win. You we saw it last week with the Eagles go out and beat the Saints. You know, I know yeah, they were without yeah. Breeze, but you had a guy making his first start for the Eagles and just it you never know in the NFL and in sports. And Paul mentioned it. That's part of what the draw is like. I mean, you just never know. And like, you can't, you, you can't recreate it either. Like you, you never know what you're going to get. I, I, I know this is a little off, but like I talk about when, when Greg and I were walking into game five of the world series in 2008, and people were offering you like a couple thousand dollars for your ticket. Yeah. I'm like, no, because like, I can't buy this. Can't like, buy and I know it's crazy. Like, I know it's crazy. Like the ticket is not worth that much, but it's not something I could buy. And so like, I wasn't going to sell like it's it just a oh, man. Sports right. are awesome. And after the way it ended, I'm sure you're uh, pretty glad. Oh my gosh. I'm so game. glad I never sold that ticket. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, it's that time of year. I got a lot of uh, people to uh, recognize and thank. Oh yeah, it's kind of a big bit, time. For it's you. a big month. Yeah, it's a big month. So uh, I do want to say a belated happy birthday to my dad yesterday, celebrating the uh, the birthday. I'm, I won't. I won't give out the age. I won't embarrass him. So I, I would like to though, because he's probably going to beat me in fantasy and, and knock me out of the playoffs, which is really disappointing. Because I was on a roll. I started one and six and won my last seven weeks and now i think he's gonna squeeze one out here unless unless my my bangles they're gonna be my bangles this week unless they can shut down roethlisberger and deontay johnson hey, there you go um, there you go so I'm, I'm a huge bangles fan don't let my don't let my my in-laws hear me well maybe deontay johnson will just drop every pass that's, that's, that's hey, a possibility that's, right. that's a possibility that could happen so uh yeah so happy belated to my dad and congratulations to my my cousin jenny and husband mark the birth of their baby girl oh, right. uh yeah almost hit my birthday i was gonna say man almost. just piling on <laughs> by, to by the, like to the maze extended family yeah. in, i, uh, in this I, I messaged her and i was just like hey i hope everyone's you know healthy and i hope this works out for you but if you could hold on a few more hours and hit the 18th <laughs> you know you can join uh me and 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 gabby and and ansley <laughs> <laughs> so yeah happy birthday to all my uh my cousin's children's that fell on the best day of the year, December 18th. Uh, and uh, congratulations once again to my cousin. So anything from you, Justin? Happy birthday to you. You oh, kind well, of alluded you. to it. But yeah. So. yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that's it for us. We will be back next week just before the end of 2020 rolls around yeah. to uh, talk about what else week 16 Oof. of the national football there's christmas season. football this year there is christmas football this year yeah friday night game so that'll be interesting and then uh more i believe more they have saturday games i think there are week. saturday then, games this yeah week. so nfl rolling right along but we are near the end that's what the holidays mean is the end shut of your dirty and, mouth and pro football <laughs> which is disappointing but hey you know um I would love to talk about, you know, NBA, NHL, and college football, but we got to end this at some point. So we're going to get going. Thanks for watching or listening to episode 320 of the Joe Mays and JRF show, and we'll talk to you again real soon. That's a wrap on this episode of the Joe Mays and JRF show. 
brought to you by May's Sandwich Shop. You can watch each weekly episode live on Facebook, Periscope, or YouTube. Be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to the show on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can also rate and review us on many of these platforms as well. We'd love to hear from you. Send your email to the Mays Sandwich Shop inbox at Raff at gmail.com. The Joe Mays and JRAF Show is a part of the JMNJR Radio Network, home to other productions such as the Bulldog Hour, Tangents with Friends, and Nat Chats with Dad. Until next time. <laughs>